And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Go-getter and jet-setter Charlie Webb is a luxury real estate professional with an extensive background in the arts as an accomplished actress, writer, and producer for film and television. And he's a lifelong New Yorker. Finding success in love and life is all about finding your fit. In this conversation, Charlie Webb shares how she tailored her life to find success. Closing multi-million dollar deals in New York's luxury real estate market, not (laughs) something that you do overnight. Question for you, as a top realtor in New York City, please share your journey with us, Charlie. Please tell us about the obstacles you overcame along the way that led to your incredible success. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, (laughs) it's been a journey to get to this destination. that's where, where should we start? I started out in my early 20s in commercial real estate. And, you know, no one ever told me, I was lucky enough to have a parents that never told me, always never told me that I could never do anything, mm-hmm. right? So whatever I could wanted to do, I could do it. And I thought to myself, well, I want to sell these big buildings in New York. I want to be part of making the structure. Mm-hmm. And... I got into the real estate world, and at the time, you know, I had blonde hair, <laughs> and you know, I uh, it was blonde and curly and natural, which was not, you know, something that was normally seen, you know, X many years ago. And I would show up to meetings, and people would just be like, "Oh, uh, wow! I didn't expect to uh, like see me, <laughs> right?" So, yeah. you know, I sound different on the phone. People would say, and kind of understood what that meant underneath. And first things first, I'm a woman. That was hard enough in commercial. Second, showing up being a black woman in commercial, um, there was no representation. And, you know, moving forward throughout my career, you know, I worked for the W after, after uh, commercial. I wanted to get into hospitality, love to, you know, own a hotel, run a hotel later on in life. I then went into residential and again it was this no representation you know and representation as we all are starting to understand in the world is so so important because if you don't see anyone like you you start to believe that it's not for you oh well no one like me you know was in the industry so you know it's going to be too hard and i can't do it and i don't want to be the first and i never really uh Turn that off, sorry. I never really thought that way, but I did see it. At least for real estate, you know, I was lucky enough to grow up in a real estate family. But, you know, if I had grown up, you know, and wanted to be in the art world, as far as like maybe an art dealer, maybe I would have thought differently, right? So I'd already seen my parents' success. So I thought to myself, they can do it, I can do it. I don't see why, right? It's a bit of like mental nepotism, right? Yeah. And if you see your parents doing it, you know that you can. It's like learn behavior. And I I got into residential. 
commercial will always have a place in my heart because, you know, big grand goals, you know, all those things. And, you know, I own a building with my sister, so I understand uh, real estate on every level, but it's the, it's the community of brokers and the community of the world that has to get used to you being in that space. And so back to representation, you know, it's harder for customers to take you maybe seriously because they don't see you as, you know, what they've been known to see in leadership positions in real estate, mm -hmm. you know, it's to be fair is to be frank. It's, you know, mostly people who are not of color mm -hmm. and male. And I walk into the door and I have to immediately come up against this subconscious that I know that they are, that they, sorry, New York. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so like subconsciously they have to get over this. Oh, black woman. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that because there is no representation of me in the field. And I and I already know that. So I have to come up behind it with all my skill set, things that I've done. But it's this perceived idea of what someone in my field should look like that I have to get past. So that it doesn't have to be uh, it doesn't have to be based on anything besides like this is what is normal. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? If if you yeah. If you say, look at uh, Jackie Robinson, no, there was no other black baseball players before him. <laughs> and people really had to come outside the box and say, oh, well, black people can play baseball. And then he was so legendary and it grew and it became normal to have any ethnicity now in baseball. Mm -hmm. So similar approximation where people ask me, Charlie, why don't you do X, Y, Z? in your career and I say to them, okay, well, show me another black woman that you know in this sphere. Just name me one, give me one, one name. And they're just looking at me and I'm like, aha, <laughs> aha. And I say, okay, name me five, maybe white men, five maybe white women. You could probably give me 20 off the top of your head. And so the representation isn't there. And it's taken me double the time to get half as far because I have to get past people's ideas of, well, this person isn't normally what I see in this industry. And I don't know if that makes me feel safe. I'd rather go with someone else who is either socioeconomically what I think, you know, maybe more me or, you know, oh, they hang out at the same places or, you know, they look like me, right? And you can say this in any industry but it's this sort of safety of this person looks like me, is like me. And I had to get past that and get to, this is just brass tacks. This is just me, I'm good at my job. I think I'm likable. <laughs> and and, and uh, you're, going, you're, going to, uh, you're gonna love it. But it's, it's, been a, it's been a climb. And I have to, when I got into residential real estate, I realized I had to get the community of brokers used to me first, right? Mm -hmm. Brokers are a specific breed of cat, right? And I thought, let me get the community knowledgeable of my personality, who I am, yeah. you know, so that they know when they are dealing with me that they're dealing with a well-spoken, knowledgeable person, right? Mm -hmm. so that's first rung. 
And then after that, it's saying, okay, now I have to back that up with like sales. So building that from my book of business and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And when I first met Frederick and John for million dollar listing, I thought to myself, well, these two men come from what you wouldn't normally think in the real estate industry to be the representation of, right? John is, you know, BIPOC and Frederick comes from another community. So these are two men that didn't, didn't fit the mold, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I thought, what better team to help me along my path and people who understand what it is to sort of be on the outside and make people realize like, oh, wow, this is the representation that I want to sell my luxury real estate. This is not like, it's not, not normal. This is like what I want every day. Mm-hmm. And so they've really helped to, you know, build me up as a person and say that I can sell anything anywhere to anyone at any time. Don't worry. Like we've got your back. We've done over 4 billion in sales. Like if someone doesn't like you, that's on them. That is their, that is their issue. Right. So having that community of them around me is really helpful. And I've had to be very strategic in my career, how I've moved. And I, I had to be, you know, four times as knowledgeable when I walk into that room, because a lot of the times they're just going to look over me and I've had to deal with that. But being on their team has really given me like bolstered me up. Mm-hmm. So wow. It's been a really process. Wow, quite a process. And uh, but look, here you are doing what you do, the way and how you do it. It's um, and it inspires. I love that you speak about that. There wasn't representation um, for you to look to, but now yeah. with you being there, perhaps you can be. Perhaps that's the reason you stay exactly where you are because that is so needed. It Other is so needed, and and you know, I want to be that representation for younger Black women coming up in the fields because there really, there's maybe one more of me out here operating at this level. And I think it's important to let them know that, you know, you can do this, you are worthy, you're smart enough, you know, you're good enough and you can operate in these circles and don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Here I am, direct representation. Mm -hmm. Call me if you need, like, I know it's hard and, you know, we don't have the same maybe nepotism but i'm here for the mentorship that's amazing to build on anything that's amazing and that's incredible and just for them to see you doing what you're doing and to see your success but also to hear that you've gone through some of these things and so when they go through those things to say i'm not alone in this i can make it through i can push through that ceiling because case in point yeah it will take time you know it will take time but like anything else, you know, t- change takes time. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for the positive reinforcement and representation that you can, as a black woman, be in this field and operate at a luxury level. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Uh, so I want to switch gears a little bit. Talented producer, writer, actress, you have worn many hats and worn them all well. So outside of real estate, there's a lot of other things you've been successful at in your life. So when it comes to the world of arts and entertainment for a moment here, what hat was your personal favorite and why? Well, I mean, 
honestly, I love voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know, voiceover for me, I, I, I will always love, I'm always a performer. I'm a very performative, you know, person. <laughs> but, and I think the highlight of my career was being on the HBO's The Undoing. That was definitely the highlight. I, I met Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, Donald Sutherland, and I had a little rom-com moment with uh, Hugh Grant in the makeup trailer, eating my <laughs> breakfast burrito. <laughs> and he walks in and he goes, oh, hello, I'm Hugh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's Charlie. <laughs> Mouth full of breakfast burrito. <laughs> so embarrassed. I'm like, yes, Hugh, I know, I know who you are. <laughs> I'm aware of you. <laughs> this is the perfect moment, but that was definitely a highlight of my career. I, I do love voiceover as well. I think there's a there's a peacefulness to it. Mm. You know, your own voice in your head. <laughs> yeah. You have. I think it's, uh, I like to sort of play with the levels. And for me, that's, that's just a fun thing I like to do. I think it's important to have business and creative outlet. Mm-hmm. In the world we live in now, I think it, you know, people don't put you in a box as much as they used to. You're allowed to be multifaceted without it taking away from what they perceive to be your main job, right? It can only add. Right. That's right. what I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's certain things, you know, you get knowledge from different things that you do in your life. You become a multi-layered individual. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I can imagine too, when it comes to real estate and having these interactions and engagements, I mean, in addition to selling a property, you, you are selling yourself. You, you need know? to be personal. People need to like you. First yeah. and foremost, I've had people buy apartments from me, call me and say, the broker call me and say, the the father really loved you. So we're going to, we're going to give an offer on this, you know? And I'm like, okay, great. You know, it's important to me to, to have a good tete-a-tete with people, you mm-hmm. know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's important to be well-perceived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's intrinsic, I think, to getting things done. And I'm just naturally a happy person. And I think that comes through. And that's sort of the basis for everything that I do. It's being a happy, positive person. And people always ask me, where do you get your energy from? I'm like, straight shot from God. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing things and people are like, where? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I didn't mean, sleep well last night. <laughs> I'm just, I feel exceptionally lucky to have that. But yeah, it makes you um, a multi-layered human being. And I think it only adds to it being able to, you know, have the conversation, adjust for the influence of the other person, you know, as a, as an actor that, you know, you, you have to do that. To yeah. Listen, take the person in, respond, really hear what they want. And that absolutely helps me in real estate. Mm-hmm. Knowing what your client wants, seeing how they feel in a space, noticing what they're pointing out, where their eyes go. You have to really pay attention because it's this sort of subconscious thing that they do. People don't even realize when they're in a space. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I see that you you really like that or you don't love that or this opens up and people are like, oh yeah, I was looking at that. So it's important to really pay attention because it's not just like, hey, do you like this? Great, open door, close door. Right. It's so much more than that. Right, so nuanced and um, wow. So it's, yeah. Not everyone's going to like you either. So the best you can do is just be yourself, be positive, yes. upstanding and good. And, and that's it. You take it from there. Awesome. Well, you know, you've, so, so you found success in a number of, of ways, um, but it's not only in your professional life, 
and your personal life as well. So congratulations on your marriage last May. Congratulations <laughs> to you. Uh, <laughs> secrets of success to share there. Because as I, because I stopped you for a moment on Instagram, you <laughs> and Janae. <laughs> That's okay, I'm stockworthy. <laughs> Stock away. I mean, you and your guy are separated due to COVID, right? So separated for taking your vows, for others who may be in the same kind of situation, um, bound by love, but separated by distance, what advice might you share? Communication, communication, communication. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Any way you can slice it. We are lucky to be living in this 21st century world where we have FaceTime and Zoom. Mm -hmm. Just be on there with them as much as you can if you're separated and communicate, even in the monotony of life. If you're walking down the street and you know, I have this thing where my shades always fall the back of my head. It's just, it's a classic Charlie thing. And it just, I don't know why it just always fall off my head. And, you know, I could be walking down the street talking to my husband and my, it's just like this little thing and he's laughing and I'm like classic. And those little small little minutia moments, you know, you get that touch as much as you can without having the physical touch. Watch a movie, eat dinner, communicate. If you're having a bad day, if you really miss them, you know, anything that you can do to make yourself feel closer to that person yeah. uh, is the best you can do for your relationship. Know what their love language is. Mm -hmm. So important. And also how you give love. How you give love is different than how you receive. And how they give may be different than how they receive. Mm -hmm. And know that. And really when you're apart, if they're a person that likes gifts, it doesn't have to be Gucci, it can be gummy bears. You know, you can send them gummy bears from wherever you're at just let them know that you're thinking about them. You know, you can, if it's acts of service, you can order them something off of Amazon, you mm -hmm. know, and just have it sent to the house. And they're like, where did this package come from? Oh, I ordered it from across the world, wherever you're at. Like, you know, engage. Cause there's only so much like, how was your day before it starts to get monotonous? Right, you right. Use that touch, right? So communication, I know it may sound old hat, but it's the only hat you should be wearing. <laughs> <laughs> you just set those other hands down because yeah but i love you. how you say you know it doesn't have to be gucci it could be gummy bears that it's not you know it's it's the intention behind it um and the thought exactly. it truly is a thought that counts so much of the time yeah yes so, it is if yeah. i send you i don't know if i notice that you're running out of paper towels when we're on facetime i can just you know oh i i noticed you're out so and it's just this weird little oh so sweet, so nice. And it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I can do it, he can do it. You know, it's the thoughtfulness of knowing your partner, seeing what they need, and kind of really hearing where they're at. And yeah. if you're having a hard day, because it was very hard for us. We were apart for 10 months. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really, it was very, very emotionally trying. Yeah. And we had to learn that, relearn that. And I was lucky enough to, to see him after month six, there was this, um, I say this law that was put into effect called love is not tourism. And basically certain countries were open to you if you could prove basis of relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you're married, you had a child, you can show, you know, WhatsApps and text messages, pictures at the border. And because it wasn't tourism, we were doing that for love, to hold on to your relationship. And so, you know, we didn't see each other much. We saw each other six months, nine months, and then he finally got back. And 
realized he couldn't live without me. <laughs> and the rest is history in the making. That is that is so, so beautiful. Um, you know, so while you are a lifelong New Yorker, you've already traveled to more places than most do in your entire lifetime. Uh, from what I've seen and heard, Venice, Bangkok, Tokyo, Hong Kong, to name a few. In all of your travels, all of them, if you could return to only one destination, what would it be and why? Well, you know I'm going to say Paris. <laughs> <laughs> we are sisters. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's such a layered question for me, though, because Paris I go to like three, four times a year. So it's become less of, oh, I have to go and more, oh, I miss it like a second home. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's just there's spots that I need to hit when I go there. And it's it's not like, oh, I need to go to Peru, which I've been doing, climb Machu Picchu. But that's an experience. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> this is pretty great. It's not a glamorous vacation, but you feel so accomplished when you do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, the, of course, I'll go back to Paris all the time. But anywhere with elephants, when I went to Thailand, that was like, I have a thing for elephants. If you know me, my house is a safari <laughs> full, of, full of elephants. My dad always gets me these like wooden elephant structures, anywhere from this small to like, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like he's, he's funny. He's funny that way. Um, he knows my love language. <laughs> right? Elephants it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, for me, the place that I want to go back to is a place I haven't been yet. I don't like to go to places twice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's such a big world out there. Until I feel like I've really kind of hit where I want to hit in the world, I don't like to really revisit. When I go somewhere, I like to spend like two weeks. And I like to go with someone who's from that country. Greece or India, you know, wherever we're going, I want to get that sort of real life experience. So it's not just tourism for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. and that's how i've traveled to most places around the world with some knowledge or some someone with me who's from there and yeah i uh place i go back to is a place i haven't been yet i love that that is the most perfect answer ever <laughs> this perfect woman i'm talking to today not so not so <laughs> um you know so to get to get deeper yet um whether professional or personal success in life is all about finding wins within losses so charlie please share a loss that you've experienced in your life where you were able to find a win within it <sighs> it's hard for me to uh think of any bigger loss recently than losing my best friend in that Surfside building collapse. And people would say, what kind of win could you find from that? And it was recent, you know, it was only six or seven months ago. And it was, it's been a very trying time. And the win, that I get from that is really understanding the impermanence of life and to 
make decisions while not being flighty because you don't know how long you have here. Yeah. And for me, since then, every decision that I make is very, very pointed. I don't do things the way I used to anymore. And even in her, even in Cassie's death, she brings light to me. And, you know, I looking at a picture of her right now behind this screen and it made me cry. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just reminds me that life is, life is really fleeting and every decision that you make has weight and, you know, just, just do whatever you want to do. You know, be a good person, don't go crazy, <laughs> but do whatever you want, or go crazy, but in a you know, healthy way. <laughs> do whatever you want to do in life. Don't make concessions for people about who you are, or what you want to do. Don't, don't self-limit, mm -hmm. go, for, go for the gusto, <laughs> do whatever it is. You want to go back to school, go back to school. You want to have kids, you don't want to have kids. You want to travel the world, you want to go change your profession at 60, do it. Because you never know when that next step may be your last. And that is the win that I've learned from that experience. You know, life, life has a different meaning and a different weight. And everything I do now is done with, with her in mind knowing that she would have loved to continue living and doing and she always grabbed life by the horns and she was like whatever yeah i'm gonna do it that's what i loved about her and i'm like i'm gonna make sure that i continue to do that i want to say i love you to my friends i want to say i love you to my family i want to see them as much as i can not just on instagram but in person remind them that i love them i want to see them i want to touch their face <laughs> you know i want to i want to travel the world i want to have experiences with them as much as i can and I wanna be myself as much as I can. And you should also be yourself, anyone who's watching as much as you can. Because I find that people, people know when you're faking it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just be yourself. Wow, well, that's, um, that's a pretty major gift um, that was given, a pretty major insight to pretty major win um, from, from a very hard loss. And I can't thank you enough for sharing that. And um, for sharing, for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, you're here. I'm talking, talking to you, through you, for you. Indeed. I like to keep you present in all things that I do. Indeed. Well, it's so beautiful. And I, I can just tell you, I just can't, um, well, I can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you, I can't thank you enough for really taking this time, Charlie. I really feel um, thankful for what you shared and um, these insights that you've gained through your life and the success that you've gained professionally, personally, the wins found and the losses. Thank you for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time and it's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice. I love a good chat always. You can call me anytime, always around for a chat. My favorite thing to do. <laughs> Thank you so much. So appreciate you. Of course, of course. <laughs>
We are aware now. <laughs>